Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hi, everybody. Welcome to Game of Thrones with Jay, Jack, and Nick. My name is Jay. I'm Nick. And I got dead... Uh, <laughs> I screwed up. Let's start over. <laughs> Welcome to Game of Thrones with Jay, Jack, and Nick. My name is Jay. I'm Nick. And I got bedpan duty. And welcome to the show. See, Jack, you said you didn't know if you could be punny. That was a great pun. There you go. But, you know, this is the seventh season, right? Because you said bedpan duty. (laughs) (laughs) But, But, you know, this is the seventh season, and there's been a lot of gross things in Game of Thrones, we've seen heads decap, we've people decapitated, people arms eat, chopped off, people, people eat yeah, sausages. Eat, yeah, it's it's just <laughs> gross, and yeah, exactly. And this had to be the grossest scene. In it was I literally. I'm glad I wasn't eating. I go, oh, okay, I get it. I, I get love- it. I the soup is just like the poop. I get it. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's it's. See, I don't know if it was just. Because uh, it was a gross thing, but like it, I feel like that segment went on for like twenty minutes. It was like a half of the episode, I think, was that segment with the poop and the soup. Yeah, yeah I, I just was like, you know, it's, it's, I felt, I felt like Jamie did when the guy said, "I got two hands." Anyway, <laughs> I liked it though because it, it, it was such a, a neat timed scene. It was kind of like uh, Pete Floyd's money. You know, it had that <laughs> splash, splash, deep, <laughs> splash, deep. You know, like, I was like, oh. It was just like Pink Floyd's money. There you go, yeah. yeah. Oh, every, time, see, every time I hear money, I want to throw up. You yeah. see, I need to have, like, what was it, 7-4, 7-9, whatever it was, a uh, bass line seven. come in. Boop, baby, boop, 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 Okay, if that's your job, I mean, everyone has a job, you know. But if, if you're in that situation and... Yeah, how do you eat after that? I mean, I just I don't know. Well, if you know, I think Sam did look a little thinner, so I, you know, just, especially when the poop, you know, matched the soup. I'm sorry, it just was gross. 
It was gross. <laughs> the poop matched the soup. We're starting out season uh, whatever it is of Game of Thrones with Jay Jack and Nick. On a right note right now. Um, yes, uh, we are here. Sorry there was not a preview uh, episode we were trying we did want to do one but you know schedules being what they may if, if you if you look at the facebook page it was clearly you were t- took the blame jay well yeah somebody somebody as usual threw me under the bus but that's okay we are here well it, you got you got to be first on facebook and you weren't there so um, uh, Nick and Nick did not. I think Nick liked it too. So I, so I think Nick confirmed it. <laughs> it's all as good. long as it's not me under the bus, I'm happy. <laughs> uh, but uh, yes, uh, Game of Thrones is back with uh, its first of two kind of shorter seasons to close out the show, um, and this one has a lot to talk about. So we will definitely dissect that in Game of Thrones recap. Before we get into any of that fun stuff, I want to thank people that make this show possible. Our patrons. Over at patreon.com slash J and Jack. We are only $200 short of our next goal. Um, so if there's anybody out there that enjoys our shows, if you can contribute anything, whether it's a dollar or $1 million, uh, you can uh, do so by going to jandjack.com and click on the Become a Patron link today. And um, you, wait, wait, if you if you donate a million dollars, yeah. pledge a million dollars, we will mention your name twice on each podcast. <laughs> no, Jack, would, would you take bedpan uh, duty uh, for if somebody donated a, a million dollars? I would. Well, actually, I don't... I You know, bedpan duty, it, that was just extreme. <laughs> that was just like, come on. That was medieval yeah. bedpan duty. It's worse. Yeah, it's like, all right, no more beans. We're, we're done with the beans. You know, if I, was, if I had bedpan duty, I'd literally go find the beans and toss them in a river somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> a really what a thick, doing, what fibrous diet from now on, guys. Fibrous. I don't, I don't, yeah, I don't, I don't know what happened to the beans. They floated fiber. away somewhere. <laughs> oh man! Um, but this and, is. And why do you? Like, why do you have to scrub it so hard? What? what is, I mean, <laughs> it was cast, and he's like, oh. hey, at least Gotta he had gloves. You know, he had gloves, so you know he's not just going there barehanded, which is good. What are they feeding these um, guys anyway? But anywho. Um, <laughs> our, Actually, our, all of can, our can, pod- you, can, can you buy those bedpans on, on Amazon? Uh, I'm sure at some point they will be available. As long as buy they your use Game the- of Thrones Citadel bedpans. <laughs> uh, but uh, all of our podcasts are listener supported, so thank you to all of our listeners. Whether you do uh, contribute on Patreon.com or say you buy something on JaneJack.com/Amazon, or even just listening and telling your friends, or just listening and saying you guys stink. All of it helps support this show and make it possible. So thank you to all of our listeners. Um, uh, our, st- I, that, I get the pun there, Jay. We stink. We're talking about bedpans. I get exactly. it. Exactly. <laughs> you know, if if we didn't already have a title for this, uh, we could have called it um, Lincoln Logs. Um, <laughs> hey, but... I'd have been happy with Lincoln Logs. There was no. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. But Ugh. episode eight point one, or I'm sorry, seven point one, Dragonstone. Uh, so let's jump into this Game of Thrones recap. Are you ready? Action Jackson and Nick. Let's ready. Go. All right. So Nick, take it away. All right. So it opens with a coal opener, which is really interesting. It just went straight into uh, Walter Frey toasting to his men. And were you guys like me kind of for a split second? Like, are we still on flashbacks? Like, yeah. I, didn't, I didn't. I was I was spoiled on it. Oh, uh, OK. Well, I was. I didn't, I, I I didn't was... watch it. I didn't watch it till after 10. And I went. I. Went on Facebook real quick, and I go, "Really, dude? But come on, you know the rule. Why'd you go on Facebook? I, I know that I went to go. I was going to go play poker, 
I was waiting for, you know, because my wife was watching something, so I had to wait. That's on you. I'm sorry. You know, hey, I didn't blame, but come on. The first scene, the first scene, you spoil everybody. Again, you know, it's it's a simple rule. Don't go on Facebook. I I know. I know. It's true. But, you know, I mean, like, I mean, I think like a lot of people, though, within three seconds after I realized it actually was the episode, I was like, oh, I I put it together. I was like, oh, that's Arya. Like, immediately, I was like, oh, that's Arya. I don't know how Arya grew two or three feet in height. Was well, she standing on like a, a, a chair or something? That's what I was kind of picturing in my head. Because then she kind of okay. stepped down. Maybe I'm just yeah. projecting. Okay. But I mean, that's the only thing I was like, okay, I, I buy the whole face thing because we've seen her do it. I was like, but how did she grow? How did she get that tall? But okay. I mean, maybe she was standing on a chair or something. But she then you lift. think she, she you had think, lifts. Yeah. But you think that like the daughter or maybe his 10th wife or whoever that little girl was. Uh, would have been like, why are you standing on that chair? <laughs> but 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 she but, but the wife really. If you ever notice, all his wives, they really don't look at him. That's yeah. true. They yeah. just look like they just look like they're miserable, which they probably are. And just and she did and she just said, "You're not worthy of the wine. No woman's gonna have wine." Ah! Well, kudos kudos to uh, David Bradley, the actor who plays Walter Fragas. He did a, he did a great job because it he kind of had some of Arya's expressions. Like it, it was really it was really well done in terms of a scene. Well, it was. Oh fun. yeah, I mean, you could tell immediately that she didn't know Walter. Frey. I mean, because his speech patterns were different. That's that's how you could tell it was something different. Because why would Walter Frey be so nice? Because he's like, family means everything to me, and blah blah blah. Yeah. You're like, Walter Frey would not say that. So yeah, that's how you can kind of put two together. It's Arya. Plus, he wouldn't invite anybody back for a celebration anyway. No, because he was a cheap, cheap guy. I mean, because even even at the red wedding, everything that was there was cheap. Because I mean, it was one. He's like, why should I give him good food if I'm going to kill them all anyway? Exactly. Uh, but anyway, like so, he, he gives uh, Arya slash Walter Frey gives the the toast to his men, and it starts off all good. You know, like you know, you are the ones that you know help me defeat my enemies. Yeah, you know, and like you know, you help me slaughter the Starks. Yeah, and then he's like, yeah, cheer up to butchering a pregnant woman with her babe and cutting the throat of a mother of five. You know, it's like, and it's like, wow, he just starts insulting them. And the room starts to get quiet. And then you start to see it. Like the men start to kind of grab their bellies and they realize something's wrong. And then that, and then he's just like, that was your mistake. You should have ripped them all out root and stern. I mean, stem, you know, talking about the Starks yeah. and then they start dying. And then that's yeah. it. I mean, there's a lot of really good one liners in this episode. And I think this was the first one of them all was just, you know, leave one wolf alive and the sheep are never safe. And that's when they all start killing over. And then Arya removes the masks, uh, her mask of Walter Frey, looks at the surviving girl. Another great line is like, you know, when people ask you what happened here, tell them the North remembers. Boom. Tell them, yeah, tell them that winter came for House Frey. And, and then she, like, and then she dropped the mic. Yeah, just dropped it left. And was like, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I mean, but essentially, this was all of the. The important phrase. So basically, she wiped out the entire family in one go, and that was just awesome. You know, then cue credits. Well, um, I it's it's uh, it it doesn't speak well of their intelligence that so they kind of fell for that so easily. Um, which you know, are, you know, it's probably better than I do, Nick. But are, are, they're not well known for their intelligence or their ability. No, they're not. I mean, is even even. Um, uh, Jamie said it, you know, in last uh, in the last episode of last season, because you know Walter Frey was talking about how great their houses were and everything, and he kind of looked at him and said, you know, 
we gave you this because we want you know want a good ally. If 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 you constantly lose it and we have to keep up go up to reconquer it, what good are you to us? You know, because basically just calling them incompetent. And it's the same thing. It's like you see it too in the siege of River Run last season, where uh, Walter Frey sent his uh, his sons down there to uh, capture the Blackfish and and brought Edmure down there. And you know, like they didn't set up proper defenses. The Lancers rode right in. You know, Bran was sitting there going like, "Wow, if we were your enemy, we'd be up your butt right now." You know, like I mean, it's proven that they're incompetent. Yeah. Um, and is this is this the, the first time we've had a cold open to the show? Like I can't remember another cold open. I, I you know pro- people probably emailing as I said, it's like, oh, but I t- to my no, head, I, I, I didn't. I don't recall I, one. I, I I believe they had. Didn't they one with Ian McShane last season? I I can't recall. I I'm sure. There, I'm sure there's there's probably. I'm been sure there's ones. been a few. You know, like with White Walkers and stuff, where there's always been something. I'm yeah. sure there's been a couple of cold opens before, but still pretty but pretty cool way to open the season. Yeah, but I think it's probably the first club for the first episode, maybe. Was uh, Cersei's Dream, was that one a cold open, or was that after the... I that actually, think it doesn't matter. A cold open, maybe. I, I think that was a cold open. Yeah, the way, it, doesn't, it doesn't matter that much. But well, anywho. to be, you know, I, I guess, you know, maybe a cold open because winter is here. <laughs> <laughs> Another pun. Oh, <laughs> see? You doubt yourself, Jack. Never doubt yourself. <laughs> <laughs> So, <laughs> post credits, we start with a wide shot of snow drifting, and then out of See? the background, huh? See, see, yep. <laughs> and then a cloud of snow starts approaching, gets thicker and thicker and thicker, and we see it's the White Walkers and a giant army of the dead that are marching with and, giants, uh, no less. With giants, and that's what was interesting because I, I was curious about your guys' opinion on this because the last thing we see, we see two giants walking along with it, and then it zooms in to the eyeball of one of the giants and then it you see cuts to bran with him opening his eyes so you're kind of wondering was bran warging into that giant at that moment oh. oh yeah i kind of i kind of expected to see um hodor amongst the horde you know i i kind of agree i, I think that there possibly could be a zombie you know do we want a zombie hodor i don't, I don't think i want it well no, no but because to me, it seemed because they showed the, the previously on, they had the scene with Hodor hold the door. Um, so I was like, that's why they would show because they're going to show Hodor now is like part of the, you know, the dead army. But they didn't. So maybe, maybe this will happen. But in that scene, that's what I thought we would kind of pan in to see poor Hodor as a as an I, undead. I don't want to see it. I think it would just be really hard to watch that just because I mean, because Hodor suffered enough as it is. It's like, wow, like it's just. No, I, I, Pile it I, on. I, I hope they don't go there. This is Game of Thrones. They don't care about your emotions. They're going to crush I, them. I, I, I get that, but it's just like I don't, I don't want to see him. But of course, uh, he, of course he is dead. I mean, it, you know, unless he's not, <gasps> like Jon Snow. <laughs> uh, so, uh, so Bran comes out of the visions, and they're at the the gate in front of, at the wall in front of Castle Black. And uh, the gate's opening up, and Mira Reed explains to him that, you know, they're not wildlings and they wish to enter. And then Ed's like, how can we trust you? How do we know? And then, like, Bran just drops some knowledge on him and is uh, like, you were at the Fist of the First Men. You were at Hard Home. We've seen the Night's King, and he's after all of us. And Ed's just kind of like, okay, they can come in. Uh, how, how old is Bran now? About 40? <laughs> I know he, he kind of he kind of went with the uh, the, the Walt route when you know, lost is like, <laughs> you know, just 
and then a year, a couple of years, he just shot up. But, you know, you I, could tr- you could trust us. <laughs> yeah. Aren't you like twelve? I know, but uh... yeah. You know, it's just uh, it's a Game of Thrones thing. <laughs> <laughs> I like how I do like how the the, the kids have all aged, mm-hmm. and, and nobody questions it. Well, you know, what's what's really weird is like I'm sure Jay knows because Jay likes younger women. Um, <laughs> uh, you know, like Jay's probably looking at Sans and Arya now and be like, "Man, they're hot," you know. But then he goes back and watches season one. And he's all like, "Oh man, like I feel guilty." <laughs> <laughs> no, maybe he doesn't. Maybe he doesn't. Oh, stop <laughs> it now. Oh, we're just kidding. It's a ramble cast joke. If you want to. Go back and listen to Ramble Cat. I think it's like what third or fourth episode. <laughs> yeah, we're talking about eleven off of uh, Stranger Things. Stranger mm-hmm. Things. Yeah. Moving. So, on. Uh, yeah. So the next scene cuts to Winterfell, and it's actually a fairly long scene, but I liked it. Um, Jon Snow is advising all the Northern Lords that they need to start searching and mining any place that could have Dragonglass, because they've discovered now that White uh, Dragonglass kills and defeats White Walkers. Uh, they all agree. And then secondly, he calls for anyone ages 10 to 60 to begin drilling daily to come, you know, to, to fight. Uh, Lord Glover kind of stands up and just like, yeah, it's about time we train these boys of summer how to fight. And then John is like, not just boys. We can't defend the North with just half the population to which Glover kind of starts to object. But then the fan favorite lady (laughs) Mormon out of nowhere (laughs) I mean, I just love this woman. I would, I, like I said to you guys earlier, like I want Lady Mormont to be queen. Everyone yeah. else can die. I would follow Lady Mormont. Lady Mormont could run against Trump in 2020. I would vote for her. I know she's a big fictional character, but I love this lady. <laughs> she put him in his place. She did. That's for sure. Because I just love it. It's just no, like, I'm, I'm saying not, she put Trump in his place. That's... Yeah, oh, absolutely. <laughs> can you imagine? Like he'd say something like low energy. Just like, oh, wow. <laughs> okay. All right. Uh, I quit. I quit. I quit. No. Uh, so, oh, the, little, the actress is is great, but like you're saying, because she's so convincing. Oh yeah, like I forget. There's an episode last season where she didn't even have a line. She's just on. I mean, as the picture. She's on the horse, and she just looks. She's like on the horse. Badass. She has no line. She's just looking stern into the camera. Nailed it. I mean, like, <laughs> I was like, like, I don't care what she's getting paid. You need to double, triple it, just because like her <laughs> facial expressions, everything she does is just superb. But anyway, so she tells, you know, Glover, she says, I'm not going to be sitting knitting while you men fight for me, you know, and she goes, I'm just as much of a northern as you are. And uh, then he starts to speak again. She goes, and I don't need your permission. And he's just like, damn. He's and like, I'm OK oh, with okay. A, a female Doctor Who. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, so. Oh, anyway, so but like I like it because you see like John, Santa, and Davos all just kind of smiling to themselves of like how strong Lady Mormont is. It's like we don't even have to talk. Like this woman does half our work for us. Um, and then how long until she's killed off? Though I hope. I mean, she's not a character in the books, so I, I think that they kind of just. I think people they liked her enough in her one episode. They're like, we got to bring this girl back and write her in. But but like like we were saying earlier. We like a character. That person's dead. I, right? I, I think that I think she'll make it to the end. All right, we'll see. We'll see. I mean, there's. I, I think all the the main characters will pretty much be dead by the end of the, the show, but not all of them. There may be a couple survivors, but I think you know she's a side character, so I think she'll probably make it. 
All right, let's hope so. <laughs> let's hope so. Um, what about Sansa? Sansa, did we see her going against Jon Snow eventually? Well, that's kind of what I. That's kind of what I was teasing. It. Well, not teasing. It, that's kind of what they they show at the end of this. It, well, between the break, like you know, because they're they're inside the hall and then they cut to the outside. Um, but if you notice, it's, okay, I'll just kind of skip to it. But like you know, like John and um, Sansa start to argue amongst themselves while in this council about what should we do. Lucky Land Casino asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky in line at the deli, I guess. Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Because um, like they're talking about how the wall is they're really their only defense right now between the dead and the living. And... John says, you know, we've got to, if the wall falls, we've got to fortify these forts. And then that's when they start to argue is like, who's going to be in charge of them? And John and Sansa disagree because she wants it to be new families. John wants it to be the same old families that betrayed them because the children shouldn't suffer their father's mistakes. Right. Um, but this is where, like, you see, you see the opportunity, the, the, like, if you look at the, the cut to the little finger here, he is seeing the cracks right here that this is an opportunity to possibly get what he wants, you know, because he wants Sansa, he wants to be king. If he can somehow undermine John, and at least it's just me thinking, but you know, if if, if he can somehow undermine John, uh, maybe he can finally get Sansa and be in charge of all this because they need him. You know, they need the Knights of the Veil. Vale. Um, but that's what I'm saying. But you know, it's, it's a rookie mistake on Sansa's um, part that you don't disagree in front of your underlings you know you, you have to be united front with you when you're the leader she should have watched godfather one exactly <laughs> uh but you know anyway that but the umbers and the car starts pledge the loyalty again so it, you know john did good that he got the respect of all of all the northern leaders that you know the war that was just fought is behind them the only important war now is between the dead against the dead uh then it, you know like i said it cuts to Littlefinger, kind of did his little smirk uh, but yeah. then it cuts to outside. Uh, John and Sansa are arguing who's in charge. Um, John just says, you know, "Don't question me in front of everyone." And of course, Sansa—I don't think she's kind of being a little thick-headed, but she is uh, open-minded. But it's the fact that she's—I think she's so used to uh, everyone not taking her seriously that she's trying to assert herself, which is good. But he's trying to well, say, "Little like, Finger, Little Finger planted that seed last season." Where he yeah. was like, you know, the the bastard. They're naming, you know, making him when you're an actual Stark. You know, why aren't you right. the queen? So it's it's Littlefinger playing his games as usual, right? And I, I think, I mean, as long as nothing comes between the two of them, I think it'll work out. And that's what that's what you're worried about. That whole scene to me was that. I mean, though they did get to some good points, that whole scene was just showing the division between Sansa and John. Uh, we, well, even when she got the note, he got the the, the message right. that, that uh, Cersei sent. You know, Sansa was taking it serious, and John's like, "We can't worry. They're not going to come marching in the snow. They're 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 spring fighters. There's no way but they're going to come in." But I will say, I also I also worry that John is maybe making similar mistakes to what led him to being you know mutinized against. Um, where you know he's not he's he gets laser focused on one thing. 
um, and he's not paying attention to the other the enemies whole... that surround him. Right. 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 Uh, so. I agree. But, you know, Sansa makes a good point, though, because she sees that, that he's yeah. like Ned. You know, Sansa says, like, stop trying to be Ned. Yeah. Don't undermine these people. They're dead. Like, you know, <laughs> they made mistakes. Yeah. <laughs> they made mistakes. So They just lost be, their heads. You need to listen to people. Be smarter than them. And so then I mean, that's kind of, well, and then the raven comes. And, of course, yeah. Cersei's being Cersei. Like, come bend the knee. <laughs> like, okay. Yeah. <laughs> All right, I'll do it. Okay. Why you not? But yeah, you, you can see that though, where yeah, exactly like what you're saying, Jack. You know, uh, John is under underestimating Cersei, and uh, Sansa is like, no, you need to take her seriously because she's seen her in action, and we've seen with stuff that John hasn't seen. You know, with her blowing up the Sept and killing everyone. She is. You can't underestimate Cersei because she's crazy. Yeah. And Sansa, like you said, she knows it. Crazy like a fox. Okay. Uh, cut to King's Landing and speak of the devil. You have Cersei walking over a well, giant. We, one second, real quick. Do, did we talk about this happened later? The uh, Littlefinger and uh, Sansa discussion between the two of them. Yeah, that happens uh, after. Okay, I'm sorry. Continue. That happens later. Well, I mean, it's a short scene. But yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it's we'll fine. It's fine. Sorry. Okay. Uh, Cersei. Is walking over a, a freshly painted map of Westeros, which was like that man has some skills. Yeah. <laughs> I thought was, I, I thought I thought that was pretty cool. Well, yeah, that, they, but they, it would I, have to take you know like one a person that has to take months. Like it, oh yeah, it, with the speed at which he's working is incredible. Yeah, and to have it to scale. Oh my god. <laughs> uh, but you know she's it's it's crazy though, like because like she's most people I think in her situation would just kind of call it quits. Because, I mean, she says it, you know, like, enemies to the south, enemies to the west, they're surrounded by enemies. They have no chance, but she's still thinking stubbornly, like, the world is ours to take it. Well, and she's lost, she's lost all her Yeah, what children. does she have to lose, really? Right, but, I mean, yeah. the th- I mean... She doesn't, I just, have, she doesn't have any... Lo- she doesn't have a love interest. Doesn't have any... She has no family, except Jamie and her brother, who, her younger brother, who she wants to kill. Right. But, I mean, that just, I just... I don't know, I just... It's just all re- it's all revenge on her. I think she's just full of revenge. She just she wants shouldn't care if the world ends. Mm-hmm. Some people just want to watch the world burn. Exactly. Uh, but yeah, like so. I mean, I, I think Jamie does try to convince. I mean, talk some sense into her. He's like, we haven't talked about Tomlin's death. We haven't talked about this. And she's like, I don't want to waste any time on that anymore. I don't want to talk about dead Lannisters. I just want to talk. You know, basically, I want to talk about the future, the power. Um, and then you see boats approaching. Um, King's Landing, and it's the uh, it's Euron Greyjoy with uh, his half of the Ironborn's fleet. And uh, Jamie kind of questions this because he's like, "You're going to trust the the Ironborn?" The, you know, and uh, she's like, "We need a fleet, and the fleet, and they have the largest fleet. The only thing that can really oppose uh, Danny's fleet that's coming any day now." Uh, Euron, basically, when they get into the hall and they start talking, says that he always wanted to marry the prettiest woman in the world and marry the queen. Oh, well, there's lots more to it. it. But basically, uh, Jamie once again, kind of questions him, like, going, like, well, didn't you lose in battle and and all these things? Like, Why why should we trust you? Why should we even bother having an alliance with you? And he goes, well, you murdered all my family. I enjoyed watching that. It was a really weird... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> it was a really weird Euron, like because he's it's almost like a 180 character flip compared to the 
the character we got last season who's more serious, more murderous. This guy was kind of comical. Um, well, I think he, he didn't really ha- he, he needs uh, leverage. He needs. Uh, I mean, what does he have other than the ships? But I did like how he yeah. walked up the steps. Oh, yeah. And the mountain came over and said, uh-uh. No, <laughs> no, no. Okay. I mean, God. I mean, without uh, even saying say anything, his look was like, uh, yeah, I made a mistake here. Yeah. <laughs> but there, you know, there's even a little bit of funny, too, because he's like, you know, you, sure he's like, why should it, you aren't trustworthy. You murdered mur- mur- your own brother. And then he goes, you should try it. It feels wonderful. And they kept going to Jamie, which, which was funny. In, no, but in fairness to, to him, he, it, it, he does know that uh, Tyrion betrayed them. So it is it does make sense. Right. And what he's well, I mean, that's, to that's, Cersei. That's his case. You know, he's like, our families both betrayed us, and yeah. they happen to be on the same side, so let's just go kill them together. Yeah. And, I mean, it's a, it's a, it is a great alliance. I, I, well, I, 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 did, I did find it funny, though. It's, it's, what was the line she said? What do you have to offer? He goes, I have two good hands, or something like that. Something like that. Yeah. I have a thousand ships and two good hands. Two good hands. <laughs> Jamie's like, I don't like this guy. <laughs> yeah, no. But, you know, he says, fine. She rejects his offer. He goes, tell you what, you know, a woman's... A way to a woman's heart is, is with a big gift. And he goes, and I, I'll gain your trust by bringing you a precious gift. And I won't return until I have it. So we can talk about this later in the theory section. But I'm curious to if you guys have any theory on what the gift could be. I, I, would, ha- I would have to think Tyrion's head on a platter. But you think he could, I don't think he could get that so quickly. No, I don't think he. I don't think he would want Tyrion. But she short would, of she, that, she, what would she? What she, would she? She wants. She she wants Tyrion alive, not, not dead. Okay, but okay. Short of that, what would what would get you know garner her trust? Well, I've got three different options. Okay, well, I can talk we can say that for what happens. The book stays in the book if you want to. So okay. we'll we'll keep moving. Just a little teaser to stick around till what happens. In the book I, stays I, in the my book. first thought was Tyrion too, but I was like, uh, how's she gonna? How's, you know, she's that's a tough get. All right. <laughs> so now we're to our favorite scene. Uh, we ha- we're at the Citadel, and Sam is, is 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 stacking books on the shelf and doing his chores. And he, you're kind of like, oh man, he's paying. You know, he's really paying his dues. That's for sure. With the with the girl. I mean, because we've already kind of covered it, but I do. I just I love the I love just the, the they've never done this before. Like this timing of the the, the money, the Pink Floyd. Uh, well, after after watching uh, Baby Driver, where the movie syncs up so well with the music and everything like that. Um, yeah. it, it uh, just continues my week of really well edited uh, scenes, uh, stuff that I've watched lately. <laughs> but uh, but during this whole montage, you see Sam looking in this gated area the entire time because he's not a maester yet. You just see like he's basically just an orderly who's kind of paying his dues so he can become a maester. But he he knows he doesn't have time to waste and pay his dues. He wants to learn. How can he can help John? So the next thing you see is him performing an autopsy with a with an art with an archmaster. Who I forget the actor's name, but you know he's been in everything. Um, and he, you know, he's very humble the way Sam is. Like, oh, have you thought about my uh, proposition? And he's like, I don't remember you telling me a proposition. <laughs> like, oh wow, you see how important Sam really is. Uh, Do we expect any less? <laughs> yeah, exactly. But he's like, uh. He wants because he wants access to these restricted books because he he's seen the, he has seen the army of the dead he he has to get this information and uh, the archmaster basically tells him no 
Um, he said, because the wall has stood there throughout time. We are just the guardians of, of men's voices, their history. And the wall has always been there and it sh- it'll, it, it'll always be there basically. And just dismisses Sam altogether and says, you know, clean up the body and let's go. And I kind of, I see, I see the maester's side on this because they're, they're, if they're just in the interest of history, you know, there's always these calamities that everybody kind of says will be the end of the world. Um, And nothing, you know, the world keeps moving on. The the earth keeps spinning. Um, But you also see Sam's point of view where it's like, well, maybe it won't this time. So it's, (laughs) I, you can, it was a good scene because it shows both sides and why it is the way that it is. Well, oh, you exactly. if, you, if you haven't seen the White Walkers, why would you believe? Right. No, he and, said and he believes exact- him, but he says like there was White Walkers before, and you know we're still here. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. yeah. And it's just like anything else. Like you know, how many times if you know a hurricane's coming or a tornado or an earthquake, and people are these preppers, you know, and they're like, you know what, it doesn't matter in the end. Like, who cares? Like, Y two K. Yeah, Y two K. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> But you know, Sam though he uh, he does sneak into uh, Maester's uh, sleeping chambers and he steals the keys and uh, manages to sneak out a few books that he needs to read. Anybody think here like this is really stupid? It's going to backfire on him bad. I don't know. Well, when he picked up the keys. It wasn't he just he wasn't very quiet about it. <laughs> Come on, Sam, do better than that. <laughs> He's not known for his grace. Well, he's had a rough stretch, so let's just, I guess I should back off. But uh, yeah, on to, uh, to Winterfell. We're back to the scene you want to talk about, Jay. Um, so <laughs> it opens with uh, Podrick is being trained by Brienne, and she's getting, you know, she's kicking the crap out of him like she normally would when you're teaching someone. But out of nowhere, uh, Tormund Giantsbane approaches, and he's, you know, <laughs> And as he's getting, I didn't understand exactly what he meant by it. Like, is he is because he looks at uh, a Podrick and he goes, "You're a lucky man. You're a lucky man." And I wondered, is he lucky because she's beating him, or is is she lucky that she didn't kill him? I didn't like. I didn't really understand. Uh, it's it. lucky that she's uh, beating him. That's how I saw it. A little, yeah, yeah. That's how I, I was thinking too. I guess because he wants to be that guy taking a beating from yeah, a woman. Yeah, exactly. I think so. <laughs> I think so. <laughs> but uh, but you know they you know so Podrick walks off and you see Tormund say something to Brienne but we don't actually hear it. But you kind of you really wish you could have heard what he said to her because then she kind of turns abruptly and just walks away like <laughs> get a life. Well, I'm sure yeah. there's something I've seen. Oh yeah. Um, but then it, it, you see Sansa and Littlefinger up on the little catwalk uh, observing them, and it's kind of a weird conversation in that he's flirting with her, but not flirting with her and he's like you know saying like what do you want he's like i want you to be happy i want you to be safe you know and she's like i already am safe he goes but are you happy you know and then enters brienne and then baelish leaves uh, and then brienne asks you know why is he around and sansa's smart she goes she knows that she goes we need him because he's the only reason why we have the castle right now we need the bail in order to win the war right but, but, keeping him, but keeping him around is dangerous. But I love, I love her, um, where he's like, he's like, don't don't feel like I have to say the last word. I'm, I'll just imagine that it was this witty comment. Like I thought it was just a really, <laughs> she had the kind of you know the last word in saying that, and I thought it was really good. Right, 
Yeah, I, I actually had to rewind that because I couldn't make out what she said at first. But I was like, yeah, I was like, oh, wow, she got the better. Like, she got the, 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 the wit in there. But you don't really... I guess, you know, because uh, Littlefinger is your favorite character, uh, Nick. And, you know, we're kind of past the books on his storyline. But mm-hmm. really, in the in the books, and correct me if I'm wrong, Nick, but he's kind of the that, that agitator in the background that's kind of the instigate this whole thing as we see it today. So... Is what he's doing right now and just playing the little devil on the shoulder of Sansa. Is is he continuing that or is this the beginning of his demise? Uh, it probably is the beginning of his demise, but this is his plan all along. I mean, the reason why he, he's not my absolute favorite, but he's one of my favorite characters because he's the only character uh, other than Davos, I guess, the main characters that – he is not born into this. You know, he is not from a high-born family. He brought himself up from nothing and has become the person he is. Him and Varys know how to play the game, and they do it with nothing. They don't have money. They don't have power other than the stuff that's been given to them. They have to use their wits. And that's what I like about Littlefinger is that he wants to be king, and he'll do anything he has to do to do it. And so he's already seen that, like he saw in this episode. He sees the division between John and Sansa. How is he going to play that? Is by him making a move to divide them, is that going to be his downfall? You never know. Will he succeed? You don't know. Uh, will he decide to use the, the army of the veil to crush what little army John has? Like, you don't, it, Littlefinger could do anything. And that's what makes him interesting, is that you don't know. I mean, it's the same as with Ned Stark. I mean, he, Ned Stark trusted him, and then he died because of trusting Littlefinger. And there's which other is, stuff I'll get which into. Is, which is always bizarre that he trusted him. Yeah, because you can't trust Littlefinger. Well, even that, but he knew that. Yeah. But I think I think he Ned. Well, going back to that, Ned thought he had he had Littlefinger. You know, Littlefinger was afraid of him, so I think he was. Ned overplayed his hand. Yeah, basically. well, and then, I mean, you can't. You also Ned should have known better because. Yeah, I mean, he knows little, who he is. Well, also that Littlefinger also loved Catelyn Stark, and right. he, did, you know, he hated the fact that his childhood sweetheart married what, in his opinion, is an, uh, uh, a mouth breather. You know, just an idiot, because he was so honorable that he never thought. He just like, oh, this is the way it should be, and that's the way it always will be. Because uh, whereas Littlefinger loves to play the angles, the odds. Right. Yep, agreed. But. Hmm. <sighs> on to the most controversial scene in the episode, which is Arya riding <laughs> through the woods. <laughs> and she hears some singing, which is just begging for someone to come along and kill you. Uh, <laughs> and a campfire scene. And it's a group of soldiers sitting around a fire and she sees them. They offer her some food. She kind of resists it first. And then she agrees to join them. Uh, and then she realizes over their conversation that they're just innocent young men, soldiers that don't want to be there. They want to be back with their families, you know. And I felt that this scene was a bit forced. I felt it kind of felt odd um, and out of place. But I, I understood later that, you know, this scene was really just to show people. Because uh, like, to me, the Hound and Arya had mirror episodes, but they realized on two different spectrums spectrums Arya saw that there still is good in people because she's lived this life for the last what four or five years where all she's known is lying deceit and killing 
and she sees that it kind of was a uh, in getting her back in touch with humanity because she see her she laughs she's having a good time with these guys and that's it and i i kind of that's what i took from the scene that the, the one good thing i took from the scene <laughs> I, I didn't know who the guy was. Uh, I for, for me, didn't. like I, it, there's some flack for I, Ed Sheeran. I, I, and, I had I had to look it up, and people were so ticked about it. But I I like Ed Sheeran, and I, I think he's a great artist. And but it, I I didn't think it was that big of a deal. I feel like just sometimes nerds like you. Lucky Land Casino asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky in line at the deli, I guess. Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. You don't have to be upset about everything. It's it's okay. Like, it's it's just, it's just sometimes it can just be for fun. And... Well, I think it you still think, also plays think, well to her story. Do you think Arya thought that they figured out they were harmless basically because all their swords were all together? <laughs> well, you saw I her mean, kind of playing it out. I was wondering how it was going to play out. Well, she's looking around. She's looking around. She sees that all the swords are – they got them all bunched up together. I'm like going – like you, like you said, Nick, they're singing. They're having a good time. Nobody's standing guard. She's just comes marching on her horse. Mm-hmm. If they, if they would have been the enemy, they'd be dead. Well, there's there's tension in the scene. I mean, they did. It was not a bad scene. I just felt it felt out of place. Uh, but because you can, because she she's assessing the situation. Right. Uh, she's there, and you. I thought that too. It's like she's going to get off her horse, see that they're lancers, and kill them all. Right. But she didn't. She thought they were good people. They offered her food first, and so you're thinking, oh my god, what if they're trying to poison her? I mean, yeah. there's all kinds of different ways that someone could have died in that scene, or and yet no one you know, does. And, and, and I was thinking, okay, she's a girl. There's, what, six guys, seven guys? Right. Well, alone. Right. I mean, this can't go well. Yeah, and then the darker guy is one of the reasons why I also didn't like seeing the – not the Ed, but the other guy. He kept looking at her funny, and I was like, is this guy an actor? Is he part of, like, the band or something? Because, like, he's – I just felt that he was weird. I was like – I was like, because he looked at her like, I don't know, the way Warm Taffy would look at women or something. Like, it's just like, – uh, I was like, okay. But, uh, but I mean, I just – I. I, I didn't know who the guy was, and I looked him up later because I, I just felt the scene was weird. But it didn't bother me the scene, I mean, because there's definitely been other scenes throughout the series that didn't really work. But well, like I said, when I on our patrons page, because Chris, you know, put out, oh my, I go, who's that in the West Wing? Seriously, that's what I was thinking because Chris, like every week, will put, oh my God, something happened to the West Wing because he's doing, he's watching the West Wing for the first time. I go, so but then I go, oh, that's that redheaded guy that I've seen. Him. I, I, I don't know who he is, but, you know, he's, but I go, oh, that's the guy. And I saw everybody was upset. I go, all right, guys, we need to relax. I thought it was I fine. Mean, I mean, it's, it's fine because he's not, I guess he's not that famous to me. But I know that if, you know, if, if this was like the Godfather and all of a sudden you're in a scene and all of a sudden, you know, somebody from the monkeys shows up in <laughs> the Godfather, I'm going to be like, what the heck? I was like, you know, Michael, so, Michael, Nes- Michael Nesmith shows up and goes, 
You want to buy some wine out? Here's the thing. Yeah. Here's the thing. Like I, I, uh, it, because to me, Ed Sheeran did a song for The Hobbit that was really good. Um, and you know he's kind of a folk singer songwriter, and it, so it, it worked to his, some of his strengths as a songwriter. Well, and and he's British. The show's filmed in Britain. It's all like pretty much a British cast. So I, I I'm fine with it. I think it's was fine. It, was was it was it wrong? Should he have been? Maybe it would have been better if he wasn't singing. But if you're bringing Ed Sheeran on, have him. If you're gonna have a singing scene, have him sing. Why do you, Why do you have to have him sing? Because it's in the Red Wedding. There's like Coldplay members like playing the drums or some. Crap it's, like a drummer. But it's a drummer like you're not going to notice that you know they've had other cameos was, but they're i think speaking. it's fine people need to relax have some fun i know I, I was just close to i was close to being done watching the series <laughs> <laughs> no, i i had no issues with it like i was like nick it was just kind of weird that she just came like maybe just like you're saying they're trying to show that Ari can have a good time she she kept her guard up though she oh, did, yeah. but she drank that water and ate that rabbit a little too easily. I'd be like, no, you just poison people with, with drinks. You feel like you'd be a little more leery even because you yeah, just did this trick. Especially especially the, the – the, what was it? Pepper – what was the wine? Grape wine? Uh, uh, whatever he – Blackberry wine or something like that. Blackberry like, wine. Yeah, and she just couldn't stop drinking it. <laughs> and I go, that's letting your guard down too there, are you? But – she did. I thought she just surveilled, you know, like, look at the swords, look at, and all right, they're just some fun-loving guys. That's okay. And, it's, like, and, and, it's, and it said, "What's his name?" So he, we're all going to hear have a good time. Well, yeah, it, just wait till next next episode where a, a tone deaf Ed is singing, and you realize, oh, it's Aria wearing Ed. <laughs> <laughs> and if the internet cheered, Ed, if you're <laughs> listening, Ed Sheeran, I'm a big fan. Don't, uh, don't, uh, I. Love your music. We're, we're all big fans. I'm in love with the shape of you. Push and pull. We're all, we're all big fans, Ed. We're all big <laughs> fans. If you want to be on the podcast, Ed, we're Come cool. on down. Oh, then that, you know, then we're going to get bad reviews. Why would you let that guy on the podcast? <laughs> you Ed Sheeran guests on your podcast? Oh, my God. Come on. What are you thinking? You just jumped the shark. <laughs> we, we Consider won't, me <laughs> unsubscribed. <laughs> Moving on. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, the next one is the is the hound scene, which is all, like I said, it's a mirror. I, th- I felt that yeah that uh they mirrored each other. Arya's a good call out. Uh, this might have been because, my fa- my favorite scene of the episode. Uh, yeah, but so the ha- the hound is riding with the the Brotherhood without banners, and uh, they come upon. Well, first there's a good another good one liner. You know, Thoros looks at the hound and says, uh, "Why are you always in a foul mood?" You know, and he's just experience, you know, which I thought was <laughs> clever. But uh, they stop at an old barn house and uh, the hound says he doesn't it doesn't feel right. He doesn't want to stay there. And I don't know if you guys were me, but I actually had forgotten about this because uh, it's it such a small little scene in season yeah. four. Yeah. Well, they, they had it I, in the I, previously on. So they did kind of give us some context. Yeah, for it, but yeah, that's when I saw the previous and I said, OK, oh, that's that house. Yeah, I, okay. I that I figured out myself. Kind of. Okay, but they, but they they enter the the uh, the house and Thoros sees the two skeletons of uh, of the male and the daughter and the hound staring at them and uh, Beric Don Dondarian Dondarian yeah Dondarian says you know let's uh, you want to guess how they died you know which is a, a morbid thing to do but like he doesn't realize that the hound knows them and 
So he said, you know, and then he probably guessed correctly, you know, is that the father killed the little girl to, to keep her from suffering. And then he killed himself or starved to death while holding her. Uh, let's see here. And then, oh, then, you know, Bear, and the Hound is kind of still skeptical about all, the, uh, you know, their whole mission and why their followers are the Lord of Right. And he's like, you know, why, why did the Lord of Light continue to bring you back? You're nothing. You're a boring person. You have no purpose. And he says, you know, and then Barrett Kadarian. <laughs> Yeah, he's like, you know, I ask that myself all the time. And uh, the two continue to bicker, but then finally Thoros Amir says, come over here and look into the flames, which is really an interesting turn of character for the Hound because the Hound is scared to death of fire because that's how right. he got his face, is, is, you know, the mountain pushing. Yeah, we, his... he, even sa- he even says it won't bite you. I, well, yeah. I love he, he called out the irony in it because it is it is the ironic that this is, you know, the path that he's on right now. I, I from a literary standpoint, I think it uh, it's really nice. Yeah, uh, but uh, the hound though does look into the fire, and he doesn't see anything. Like like a lot of people, he's skeptical, and then finally it just hits him, and he says, "I see a wall of ice where the wall meets the sea, which is where the wildlings are going, where John told the wildlings yeah. to go." Um, he's watched by the sea, and he says that uh, there's a mountain looks like an arrowhead. And that the dead are marching past it, thousands of them, and he looks terrified. So this kind of indicates that possibly the White Walkers are going to get through the wall. Um, and that's the end of this scene. And then Thoros awakes to the sound of someone digging, and it's the Hound burying the father and the daughter. And uh, Thoros then realizes that the Hound knew them. And then the hound is regretful, and he says that he was sorry that they, they that they died. They deserved better. But like I said, like this to me was a mirror of of Arya because Arya had been in a dark place, you know, and realized they're still good, whereas in the hound was in a good place, or as he, at least he was, you know, he was discovering faith, and then he's reminded of how terrible he was, you know, because he yeah, right. he regrets that he robbed this man and his daughter, which ultimately led to their death, most likely. And I, yeah, I just thought it was an interesting scene. Yep. I, yeah, no, it, was, it was really... How many people has he... He's killed so many. Yeah. Yet this one this one, got to him. Yeah. And you're really seeing a, a, a turn for the Hound. Because, you know, you don't like him in the early season. It's kind of like Jamie. And now you like Jamie. You like the Hound. Right. And, you know, I'm looking forward to the Clegane Bowl. I know it's going to happen at yes. some point. You know. So I'm, I'm, I don't know when, but I'm looking forward to it. <laughs> um, we cut back. We're almost getting towards the end of the episode now. We're cut back to the Citadel, and Sam is uh, looking over some of these stolen books into the wee uh, night hours, and Gilly is with little Sam, and it's like, you need to take a break. And he says, the dead don't sleep. Um, he's trying to figure out but then all of a sudden he finds a map of Dragonstone within one of the books and that there's a mountain of dragon glass at the base of Dragonstone, which is where Danny lands. And uh, so he immediately starts to write a letter to John to tell him that we need to get this. I don't know how they're going to get this dragon glass, but uh, uh, this is let's see here. Anyway, <laughs> you guys thoughts? Oh, who's it mentioned oh. earlier that we think Sam might be in trouble for stealing the books? Oh.
I mean, I don't see how he doesn't get caught. Oh. Yeah. Um, I, I don't know. Like I, it depends on how many. I mean, it's a pretty big library. Maybe they might not notice. But <laughs> I. Uh, let's see here. But. So yeah, but, he's well, say, he's, but he's taking the books that are locked up. I mean, how many books are locked up? Well, not only that, but like this is. I I feel like he's he's going to be killed for this. No, I mean, he might be expelled, but I mean, if as long as he figures out what needs to be done, I don't think he would care. As long as he can save the day, yeah, he's then... he'll, be, he'll be put on double bedpan duty. <laughs> but I, I don't know if you, I mean, surely you guys noticed, but um, the, the last little bit there, when he goes back to him doing his band, bedpan duties, uh, the arm that jerks out. Did you notice who that was? It yes. was Jorah. Sure. Yeah. Now I will. I will say I wouldn't have gotten it if I don't watch TV with subtitles and it said Jorah like is saying the lines. <laughs> but I got it because his hand. Yeah, his hand was covered. He's you know his arm pretty much looked completely covered now in grayscale. Right. Which you know at least you like to wonder. I guess he went to the Citadel because that's you know the hub of knowledge in the known world, and he thought that's his best odds of being cured. Right. But it seems though that. They just kind of locked him up and just said, "Heck with it, you know, you're you're doomed," I know. which makes me kind of want to believe that Sam is going to cure him. Really, uh, you think so? I think so. I think Sam, at some point during his research, is going to find something and and cure him. Okay, I mean, that, that's what I would like because you have to have something for Sam to do this season, other than just go, yeah, "Oh, look, it. yeah." So I, I think that would be a, a good. Yeah, that's, a, that's a, I like that. Good theory, Nick. Thank you. I, I get one every now and then. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then on to the last scene, you have uh, Daenerys sailing towards Dragonstone with all of her people and the huge fleet. Uh, she, uh, I mean, it's, it's basically what it is. She just walks up, and you see uh, how vast... The, I think this is one of the only few exterior shots of Dragonstones we've gotten, because yeah. most of them it's been... It's been... Uh, um, I forget his name. Uh, uh, Stannis Baratheon. Stannis. It's been Stannis' interior shots of just the desk. Yeah. You know, the table, the map, and little things here and Probably there. Probably for budgetary reasons. <laughs> right. But, I mean, you see how beautiful. Because this is, the you know, Dragonstone is the only spot in Westeros that actually was Targaryen land. Because they, uh, Aegon the Conqueror landed there and set up a home there for many years. And that's why you have all the dragon-type uh, architecture. And then they conquered Westeros and just, you know, claimed it themselves i know we've we had a lot of scenes in kind of the uh the battle prep room whatever it was with the big map and everything um but i never noticed all the dragons and stuff like that before i'm sure they were there but now it's just like they were hitting us over the head with all the uh dragon uh you know carvings and sculptures and whatnot right yeah we had, I, I, we had Tyrion looking at him i mean they were like you said they're really making us showing us that they were there Right. As I, like, I, I think they, for budgetary reasons, they didn't show a lot yeah. of stuff in the, the, se- the seasons prior because I don't remember any of that stuff other than the table. Yeah. And then maybe like a walkway here and there that could have been anywhere. And like uh, uh, the bedroom where uh, uh, Baratheon's bastard kid was like leeched yeah, to death. The leeches. Yeah. But that could have been anywhere too. Yeah. You know, you're true. like, oh. Um, but then, so like Danny walks with Tyrion into the, the battle room. If you want to call it that, and then she just kind of goes, "Shall we begin?" End yep. scene. Bye. But yeah, I my my thoughts just being from a logistics point of view, I was like, "Are you gonna like make sure your fleet got all 
<laughs> in, in the docks. You know, well, and, they to be fair, they spent a lot of money on the dragons and stuff like yeah. that. We can't go back and, and do the CGI fleet and stuff like that. Come on. <laughs> what do you want? You can't have it all. I, th- I thought it was a cool scene. I get why it was so long and so, like, you know, stoic and whatever. But I, I felt it was a little over the top, personally. But I, it was still good. But it felt a little, a teensy scotch bit over the top well i mean a little it can't over be, long i always love scenes kind of like that though like like they're the one last season where uh they're walking through the desert with her cal you know uh calistar army and and then she rides off and then she flies over them with the dragon and then lands and starts giving this huge pep talk you know like are you gonna be with me and they're like yeah like, you're gonna fight yeah I, mean, like, I think that scene was like one third the amount of time this scene was like i felt this scene was really long but maybe it's just me I know. But, but I was there, there, there was no dialogue. It was just it. I just thought it was a great scene. It was a great scene. But I always want to know what happens right after those scenes because you know when she's pumping all these soldiers up and then it's like okay now we got to walk another ten miles and then <laughs> oh I didn't sign up for that. You're flying. Yeah. You're flying on the dragon. But why man. That's do not the speech fair. now? Why not wait till we're close to the end? Yeah. God. I don't want to do. I want to go. You got me all pumped there. up and I got to walk. Oh. <laughs> Another ten miles in the desert? Are you kidding me? Are you crazy? I'm out. <laughs> anyway, who's with me? Not so, now. Yeah. So on to listener feedback. All right. Well, let's get into some listener feedback. Listener feedback. All right, listener feedback time. We got an email and a phone call in in time uh, for this recording. So we'll start out with the email uh, from Dustin. Uh, Hello, my crackpot theory is pretty crazy, but I'm 99% sure it's going to happen. I'd put money on it. The source of the Dragonglass isn't the only game-changing discovery Sam makes in the library. He's still risking his position by going places he shouldn't. He's still not respected among the others there, and they still don't believe in the White Walkers. If only they listen to Sam, but how will he gain their respect? In the forbidden locked-off area of the library, Sam also stumbles upon What's Your Poo Telling You by Anisha (laughs) and learns how to examine their poo and prognosis to help uh, the correct diet changes. Dump, dump, dump. Uh, everyone is grateful. Sam is respected, and they ask what else they can do for him. But seriously, does Euron I, I, build? I said I already said get rid of the beans. Uh, but seriously, how does Euron build one thousand ships so quickly? Thanks. Oh, those ships were pretty ornate and complicated. I I gotta go with Dustin on this one. That's that's uh, I gotta throw a challenge flag. I don't know. <laughs> I I thought they were cool ships. Uh, you know, they probably had some kind of. Uh... I have no answer for it. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, it's you're impossible. our resident expert here. What are your thoughts? Well, it's impossible. And then, and this doesn't happen in the books. So it's just, it's, you know, and, and show time, ge- geography, all this stuff is irrelevant. The TV show, you can True. span half the globe in an episode. Yeah. You sure. Why can't you just cut down and build an entire armada and, you know, in between a season? <laughs> uh, yeah. I mean, cause you, you have Ravens that can take notes anywhere. Right. Anywhere. Just, yeah, go take this to uh, John Stark. Okay. Sure. But yet we're worried about the ships being built fast. 
Mm-hmm. Well, it's, it's all it's you don't know when those scenes are taking place, so it's uh, it's that's how that could all work. <laughs> I, but who I, knows? Di- I, I I did think the same thing though. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, good good call out. But I think it's just we have to just accept the fact that there's w- some would have been would have been better if the ships happen. were just just regular ships, just regular yeah, like ships. plain we, ships. Like these these were like hard ship. with like gold painting and like black. What if it's a Nita Penta? And, Nita Pina, Penta, and Santa Maria. Maybe it was just three pl- basic plane ships with some sails. What if it was just a John boat with a you know a Mercury engine on the back? You know, there you go. <laughs> just just any just anything that's. Uh, but like you said, these things are hand carved and anyway. <laughs> Hollywood, am I right? All right, uh, right. let's uh, let's go to a phone call from Michael from Los Angeles. Here we go. Hello, Jay, Jack, and Nick. This is Michael calling from Los Angeles for the Game of Thrones podcast. Um, it's uh, my first time calling for this show. Uh, I'm a very late adopter, um, but it was a lot of fun to watch my first episode live with everybody else yesterday. Um, pretty tame episode, not a lot of death, not a lot of sex in it. Um, at the very beginning, I was very proud of myself because I guessed that it was poison as they were pouring that wine, and I guessed that it was Aya uh, doing it as Walder. Um, so that was a fun opening to the show. Um, I have a few questions. I'm curious, when Cersei is talking to Jamie Lannister, she's wondering, she's saying something about uh, the different enemies they have, and she says that Sansa is a murdering and calls her a bad, a bad name. It's like, why does she think that Sansa killed anyone? Like, who does she think that Sansa killed? Is it, um, is it Joffrey that she thinks that Sansa killed? Or is she just kind of so paranoid that she thinks Sansa could have killed anybody? Because I feel like at other times she said that Tyrion did it. And anyways, okay. So um, I'm also glad that Sansa finally said something about Rob and her dad. It feels like that character is maturing. Uh, when she was talking with John, she said, you know, Rob and Dad made dumb mistakes. So don't make a dumb mistake. It's, it's good that someone finally said that, and it's it's especially good that it was her. Um, and then one last kind of question, comment. At the very end, if you guys stay to the end, they have the uh, look inside the episode with the showrunners. I felt like it was a little heavy-handed this time. I, I liked the other ones that I watched. But this one felt like they were trying to spoon-feed us every little plot point. And it was just sort of strange. I didn't really know why we needed all the explanation of each of these little things. I felt like your show should stand on its own and do that. Anyways, I uh, loved the first episode. Can't wait to see what happens next. Uh, thank you. All right. Thank you for that call. Yeah, I actually thought it was a solid episode. I, I thought it was probably one of the best Episode ones, yeah, the, sh- the show has ever had. I would agree. Uh, well, it, had you know, cold, it had the cold opening. It, well, it wasn't just the cold. O- <laughs> it wasn't just the cold opening. It was just the fact that some episode ones usually feel like a recap of the last season, or they feel like they're having to just. It just doesn't. It just feels like okay, we're just catching up with the characters. This felt like it just leapt right into the you know after the end of last season, just like we're continuing with the story. Go, boom. It wasn't a setup. It was just like, no, we're killing these people. This is going to happen, and move along. And uh, and that's why I liked it. I thought it was a great episode. Was he saying he doesn't know why Cersei thinks it's Sansa or 
he, she yeah. thought Cersei thought that Tyrion and Sansa were working together. Yeah, because that's that's because right. you know Sansa was married to Tyrion, and the fact that Sansa disappears the same night as Tyrion disappears, it makes sense in Cersei's mind to think that they're in on it together. Right. Because I mean, obviously Sansa didn't want to be married to Tyrion, so why would she escape if she, unless she was guilty? And I guess in Cersei's mind. Then he mentioned he mentioned uh, there was no sex, not a lot of violence. It, in the thing, it said brief nudity. Where was the where was the brief nudity? Did I miss it? I missed it as well. I, well I, it. We may have been so desensitized by uh, Game of Thrones uh, nudity that he, the the brief nudity doesn't really even hit us. This was this was brief, and I went okay. I went this been very brief. I, I didn't say any brief. Not that it has to. I don't have to have that for this show to be good. good. I just go oh, there's gonna. Sometimes I go, okay, there's gonna be nudity, but brief nudity, I, was, I didn't see it. It was, it was Ed. <laughs> it was, uh, yeah. you, you guys missed that scene. That's why people were so upset. Yeah. <laughs> and Ed, if you're listening, yeah, we don't care. <laughs> yeah, and then uh, you know, Sans are talking about Ned and Rob. I, I agree. I thought it was, it's a welcome because you know, no one's really talked about Ned much since he died, other than like, you know, don't be like Ned. And uh, the fact that his own children can admit that he was not the smartest person, him and Rob both, and then he'll learn. Well, the Game of Thrones, you either win or die, and he died. So I wouldn't say that. I wouldn't say they were stupid. No, they were. They were just too trusting. He's too noble. You can't be that noble and win. Yeah, exactly. You you got to be a little. uh, Got to be like Jack Blackfutler. Exactly. (laughs) uh, I'm just saying. Take what you can, give nothing back. (laughs) <laughs> uh, and as for the after i guess i didn't watch that the uh the thing after the show yeah i thought i i watched i thought the same thing okay because it was what did i well i watched uh uh turn after game of thrones so i don't don't spo- i so far behind i haven't seen an episode this season of turn oh okay don't tell me who wins don't tell me who wins documentary pot, uh, tv show was it the birds? To everything. Turn, the birds. Turn, turn, turn. Yeah. Anyway. All right. You might want to edit out that joke. Yeah. <laughs> Come on. That's, that's, that was a good that's, joke. That's, that's like a worse. That's worse than Jack's jokes. I mean, that Dang. Was... I feel bad about myself now. All right. Let's. I, let's. I, uh... I think. I think. I think the outrage of Ed being on Game of Thrones has been outdone by Jay's bad bird joke. Wow. That's Come like, on. The birds. Come on. That was, that was scraping the bottom of Sam's. You know, uh, <laughs> iron cast bedpan. Yeah, bedpans. Yeah. Oh crap! All right, well, now, let's now, let's go. Now to... people who were gagging over the bedpan are now going. Oh, Jay's joke. <laughs> Jay's that was joke. worse. That was <laughs> worse than Lincoln Logs. All right, well let's let's go to uh, the which, last. Which I thought, which I thought was how could he how could he top that one? <laughs> I peaked but too early. It, it, you did it in the same episode. I peaked too early. All right, let's let's uh, let's close out. The episode with what happens in the book stays in the book. And since we are so far past the book, it sometimes it says, Nick, I'm sure you have some theories abound about what we have seen this episode. So let's uh, jump into what happens in the book stays in the book. All right. So I will be, I mean, granted, most of these are just theories. So they are a little, they could be potential spoilers. So if you don't want to hear it, turn off the podcast. I'm out of here. Okay, <laughs> so first one I have down written down is Sam, 
So this is a little Easter egg, which maybe I don't think a lot of people noticed. When Sam is looking through the book, there's uh, one page that they briefly stop on that shows weapons. Yes. One of them was a dagger. And that dagger is the exact same dagger that was used to try to kill Bran in season one. Yes. Ah, yeah. Yeah. It's a Valerian steel blade that, according to the show, um, it belonged to Littlefinger. Littlefinger is the one that when they see it, they go, Littlefinger goes, oh, it belonged to me, but I lost it to a, in a bet to Tyrion. And so he, at the time, in the show and in the book, he's trying to set up that the Lannisters, or that Tyrion anyway, is behind you know, this attempted killing of Bran. But in fact, he actually lost that blade to Robert Baratheon, not Tyrion. And uh, it's always just been assumed that Joffrey stole the blade from Robert Baratheon and then gave it to the assassin. But, you know, like, just thinking about it, though, now that it's kind of come back up, it could just be an Easter egg. It could just be a throwback of something they put in a book. But it made me think, though, like, did Littlefinger lie this whole time? Did he even really own this blade? Yeah. Um, did he just see it? He knew what it was and decided to say, oh, it, it belonged to me, you know, and then I gave it to Tyrion. Because what if it really, what if it belonged to Robert Baratheon the whole time and he actually took it off the body of Rhaegar Targaryen when he killed him um, during Robert's rebellion? And so it's a Valerian steel blade. So it's a, you know, it's a very valuable thing. And Robert Baratheon probably knew that. And so like, that's what makes me wonder is like this blade probably has some kind of history, like going back. So it's just a neat little uh, Easter egg for anyone who might not have caught it. No, I I did see, I was like, oh, I think that's the blade from the, the, the first season when they assassinate that you. So good call out there. Absolutely. It, 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 and, Probably just a nice little throwaway Easter egg, but still cool nonetheless. Yeah. I'm an overthinker, so. <laughs> Think away, um, Nick. The, Think away. The next one, um, which actually is from the book, is the song that is sung by Ed. Sheeran. Uh, Sheeran. Uh, the song was written and in, is in book three now, but the song is actually about Tyrion and Shay. Uh, it was written by a character named Simon Silvertongue because he, he knew about the affair between Tyrion and Shay, and he wanted to extort money from Tyrion. So the song, because that's how a lot of gossip and legends are created is through these songs, and that's how history remember you. And Tyrion had already been threatened by his father, if you remember, like, you can't date whores anymore. And so he didn't want this out. But instead of paying for the, the guy to not sing the song, Tyrion just has him killed. <laughs> Which is a you know the smart way to go about it, but the interesting thing about to me though about this song being put here is that it can be thought of in a different context or a foreshadowing in a way because if you actually listen to the lyrics and I'll read them to you here, he rode through the streets of the city, down from his hill on high, over the winds and the steps and the cobbles, he rode to to a woman's sigh, for she was his secret treasure. She was his bliss, and a chain to keep, and 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 a chain and a keep are nothing compared to a woman's kiss. Now, this the last two lines are important. For hands of gold are always cold, but a woman's hands are warm. Mm. And who do we know that has a gold hand? Exactly, Jamie Lannister. 
and who also has a woman that's his shame and his treasure. And so it's it's interesting in the way that they chose to use it now. Um, I just thought it was neat. Yeah, it's a good call out. Good call out. <clears throat> um, this is also, uh, which is kind of... Also, it's cool that it was a song from the books. It wasn't just one that was kind of made up for Ed Sheeran to sing. So, again, right. people that are upset with the Ed Sheeran scene... All right, that it's takes okay. everything. Okay. I think Chill out. I think Twitter just said, "Okay, we're sorry." <laughs> we're sorry is is trending right now. Not to Ed though. <laughs> uh, there's a couple more. Okay, so I got this one was kind of hit a little heavy, but uh, some people might not have picked up on it. There's a lot of mention of the wall in this episode that is kind of arrogantly mentioned because mm-hmm. you have it you have it with john and sansa saying the wall is the only thing standing between us and the knight's king it's later mentioned by the archmaster to sam the wall has stood through it all you know kind of like let it go yeah. it's always going to be here and finally you see the hound in his vision saying that the dead are marching past the wall so i'm pretty sure this season we're going to see the wall come down because why else would you have two people arrogantly say the wall is there and then one person see that it's coming down so i i, I just have a feeling probably last episode the wall is going to come crashing down i think that's a good call out i think it's a good theory i think it's really good because it's it, you're right why why call out so arrogantly that the walls always stood other than to show it fall um and then we're now on to euron's gift so you guys thought it was Tyrion, right that was my first thought. It had to be Tyrion. I mean, but like you're saying, it. I don't know how he could put off. All right. So the first Cause, one, because because th- if he does, get, I'm sorry to interrupt. If he does no, give, it, if if she does, if he does bring Tyrion, then his character's done. Mm-hmm. Well, my first thought was he'll because he's not. They're not too far from Dorne, so I thought, okay, he'll go kidnap the Dornish girls because they are responsible for killing their daughter. But that seems a little kind of weak. Eh, yeah. Um, she could go do that. Yeah. But like the, there's a, the third part I'll get to it, but maybe, um, and then, but the second thought was what if he finds Gentry? Uh, cause oh. Gentry is, he's illegitimate, but he's still Baratheon. Yeah. He still could have some kind of sway of power. That could be someone he could bring to her. Or, which is kind of the way the book goes, but it's just kind of hinted at, what if he finds a weapon? Because like, naturally she has an army, she has the Lannister army, she has a fleet if she decides to marry him. What if there's a weapon that somehow can tame dragons, that can manipulate dragons to where they're irrelevant to Danny? And so that's what I think possibly he could bring. Oh, I like that one. I yeah. never even thought about that. Uh, there's one little thing. We haven't seen Namiria yet, which is uh, Arya's wolf, dire wolf. I'd love to see that. That's just something I have to that's in true. there. When's the last time we saw her? It Was it season one? Season one, yeah, or two. She lets her go, so I think it is season one. It's season one, yeah. Yeah. So I'd like to see Namiria come back. We haven't seen... Uh, uh, Ghost yet? So those are the only two direwolves left. Yeah. Uh, and then I have one crackpot theory, but I want to see if Jack's got one. Probably not. No. No. Nope. Jack. Okay. 
So my crackpot theory is that, one, Jamie is going to kill Cersei. It might be this season. It could be early next season. But here is the twist. It will be Arya dressed as Jamie, killing what? Cersei. What? That's a good call. That'd be neat. That'd be really neat. Yeah, because yeah. like, I what like, if I like that one? That's good. Yeah, because uh, what if you know? Because exactly, Danny comes in, they win all this, and then Arya's there wearing the face of Jamie. Boom. I like it. I like it a lot too. That's better than any Jack's crackpot theory that we've been around for a long time. So good call. Uh, I, I I agree. It's better than any Jay's joke. So. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, I I yeah. I think it's a great close to what well, happens well, in no, the well, books. Well, we forgot we we forgot to say too when she's with Ed and and the rest of the gang, she says she's going to go kill the queen. Oh yeah. yeah. And they just they kind of stop goes to your it's theory. Good. It's, and they it's, just, it's it's a classic and kind of it, scene where, like, she says something that's so outlandish that like, she wants to do, but the people around her think it's, like, crazy, so they laugh. Like, it's a good scene. Close yeah, to the scene. They just go, ha, 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 I just would have been like, good luck with that. <laughs> yeah. But, all right. Well, that will close out this first episode of Game of Thrones with J-Jack and Nick. I think a good episode, guys. Good job. I'm proud of you. I think so, too. Um, if, We're back. We're back. No more podcasting from McDonald's. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> no Nickernet this episode. Real solid. Wow. I forgot about that. Give us a call at 385-309-0311. And next week you, you, have, uh, you have plenty of time to get the call in. Right? Once again, that's yeah. 385-309-0311. Question comments and or theories. theories. Uh, yeah, we don't know how we're going to record next week's episode. We are watching it in Comic-Con. Uh, Jack, are you leaving Sunday or Monday? I can't remember. I leave Monday night. So, you, so yeah, you, you could watch it with all of us. I think we're watching it at Jim's uh, hotel room. I think that's the plan. I'm not 100% that, sure. Is that but. the plan? So, yeah, that would be because that would be work for me. Um, And then recording afterwards might be probably maybe a couple days after Comic-Con. Not sure yet. Uh, we'll, we'll, we'll figure it out. Uh, but just be on the lookout um, for our next Game of Thrones podcast. Whether it's in San Diego, while we're all at Comic-Con or afterwards, uh, we will uh, find out when it happens. Uh, but uh, give us an email at Game of Thrones Podcast at gmail.com. Gmail. It's Game of Thrones Podcast at gmail.com. I also want to thank the people that make this show possible, our listeners. This is a listener-supported podcast, as well as all of the podcasts on the Jay and Jack Network. Go to jayandjack.com and click on the Become a Patron link to become a supporter of all of our shows. Um, or just go straight to jayandjack.com slash Patreon. Also, if you use Amazon, there's another way, a very passive way that you can help out our show. Use the link jandjack.com slash Amazon. When you use that link, anything you purchase on Amazon.com, a small percentage of those sales will go to the Jay and Jack production fold. All of the money that's raised from that goes to the cost of uh, hosting, all the website costs, all those kind of things. All the people that to, uh, like uh, Jacob, this is amazing artwork. Uh, Rob Francis, and he does all the amazing web work. As well as the money goes to all of our podcasts, all the podcasts that are on the network. Uh, so thank you so much to everybody that contributes, whether through our Patreon, whether you buy things on jayandjack.com slash Amazon, or even if you can't do any of those things, that's okay. If you share with your friends, hey, 
you need to listen to this show. It's really good. Um, that helps too. Or even if you give us a review some, on some iTunes, that all Some great timely helps. jokes. Some great jokes. The punniest of jokes. <laughs> it all helps. All right, guys, that will do it for our first episode, episode 4.1, Dragonstone. We'll see you guys next week for episode two. Until then, hasta luego, and goodbye. Bye. Ah.